Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast, where we expose higher education as a scam that it is. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our children, we're losing an entire generation. Today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects, undaunted by political correctness. I hate communists. It's no secret, but what worries me is how benign the rest of our political colleagues think they are. See, with debt and taxes as substantial as they are, it's easy to see how this relates to the crime of the century. So, why are universities a hotbed for communists? And uh, it's simple, and you've heard it really a thousand times, that, that those that can't do, teach. And I would also like to add that those who can't do or teach usually become politicians. Uh, but really, that's, that's what it is. The, the economic system that we are in, uh, capitalism, and that's great, um, is a do-or-die, sink-or-swim system. And I don't mean that you're either super rich or you're broke, and that's how it's normally presented. We have this wonderful thing called the middle class, and that's for those who are winners in their own right, but just don't have the same capacity that others do. And really, it's, it's, it's people who can find a way to be either a slightly skilled or, uh, laborer or a specialist in very niche field that get paid above uh, minimum wage, get paid above the lower end of the spectrum because their value to society is more than another's. For those who either have a white-collar family, for those who have um, parents who have done well for themselves or have been teachers themselves, but who can't figure out how to take the knowledge or dogmatic expertise, we'll put it, in their head and find a way to add value to society, for those who can't find a way to put a price on it and get paid for it, they quickly find themselves in a teaching role. And I don't mean, you know, you get everybody's a coach nowadays and everybody's a, 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 an entrepreneur who makes their living speaking and, and educating people on X or Y. I'm not, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the ones who go get a doctorate, who go uh, to undergrad and graduate and then they are a professor for 40 years until they decide they want to pay raise and they become a politician. Or actually pay cut in the case of Elizabeth Warren, but that's another topic for another day. But Pocahontas aside, we have a lot of, uh, how you get to the top in academic institutions nowadays is you toe the line. and. Uh, I tell the story a couple times. Whenever, uh, when, I, when I was in school and whenever I needed a quick boost to my grade, and it was a paper writing course, so that's an English course, or not so much in college, but in public school for, uh, for sure, um, in history, um, when we had a prompt, I would take whatever the left says and then push it even farther to the left. What would, what would Marx say? And in some cases, the prompt was already there over to what Marx would say. And so I just typed something up that types a party line and suddenly I'd get you know, an additional 20 points on, on, the, on the paper. It's not hard to BS Marxist. It's not because they're so, the, the, their vision is just so narrow. They only know what Carl has told them to know. And they do not believe their lying eyes when they see contradictory evidence. Well, for years now, 
And you can go back into the 60s and, and a lot of the, those students who turned out to be hippies were brought up by people who had, uh, communists who had escaped the Great Depression um, in Europe or escaped Hitler trying to kill them in Germany. Um, and Italy, you know, Mussolini was kind of a communist in the first place and they didn't have the same genocidal instincts the Germans did. Regardless, we inherited a lot of them because of our immigration policies and um, I don't think somebody should be turned down because they're a communist, but at the same time, you know, there's two teams in the world. There's America's team and there's the communists. Everybody and then the communists. And, and, and there's no, the two worldviews are so separate and so distinct that there is no middle ground. The communists are so radical, the communists are so far to the left that you can't really have a civil discussion with them. You can't reason with them because their worldview is not based on rational discernible truth or reason. Their worldview is based on an ideological goal that they will wipe out anybody who's successful. That, that is their ideological goal. Um, it, it was famously said that communists don't care so much about the poor, they just hate the rich. I'll give you another word for rich and that's winners. People who are rich in not just wealth, monetary value, people who are rich in experience, people who are rich in charity, those people too need to be wiped out because it needs to all go to this big welfare government. And the only way you get ahead of these universities that push these types of ideas is by indoctrinating yourself or just don't, don't rock the boat and agree with what the left says. And they taught the kids of the 50s and 60s. They taught the students now in the, in the, in the 70s and 80s and they're teaching our children now who will go out and throw bricks at Tucker Carlson's house. They're teaching our kids now who will go and throw Ted Cruz out of a restaurant. They're teaching our kids now who will go and beat up a teenager who's wearing a MAGA hat or, or an old man, a war veteran. They will do whatever it takes to bring down that evil capitalist system that they've been told is evil and not allowed to figure out if it's evil or not. I, my, in, in college, my, my experience, I learned to love the free market and uh, God and John Locke and our political foundations. All that metaphysical doesn't necessarily affect the practical but we need it. Um, all, all of that philosophical stuff, that, in college I did learn to love that on a logical ground. But until I got out and actually experienced how the world works, I didn't learn to love our economic system. And I, and I came to realize, and it took a while, the relationship between value and worth. That they they are they are connected because we always hear I was always always brought up in, in school that you have to love yourself you have to be you have to think that you're you're you've got a uh, a self worth and that you know you have to love you great you see it on motivational posters you see it everywhere you have to be in love with yourself um, but. I really, I think, I don't think you can love yourself without knowing that you're providing value for somebody else. Without knowing that you're moving the needle in somebody else's life. That that's what leads you to understanding 
why you're here is because you can help somebody else. You can help your fellow man. And it, to live in a society where you have to provide value to somebody else to survive, well, there, there's, there's, yeah, there's room for shills and liars and all that stuff. But once those people are found out, socially, they're, 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 they're out. They're gone. The problem with, with, with communists and Marxists is those liars and shills and everything, they're in the government. <laughs> and you can't kick them out because you don't have any guns. You can't kick them out because you don't have any power. You can't kick them out because they'll be there till they die and their kids, who are also dirty and corrupt, will then take their place. So you, we understand why there's a, a free people when there's a free market, but we also have to understand so long as we let these communists run our academic institutions, there's almost there's 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 no hope for the America that we all love, if we even love it. But the other thing that's happened now that as 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 these our generation our our future generation our and I'm not talking about just the populace our lawyers our doctors our politicians even that are being educated by these far-left institutions think that the way to success is by having this progressive tax structure. So we think that the, the, the way to economic success is having a progressive tax structure where those at the top pay more and those at the bottom pay almost or none in taxes so that we can take money from the rich and give it to the poor. And really what that does, when you give, uh, the only entity that makes its revenue by stealing from somebody else is the government. Corporations and businesses, again, have to provide something in order to receive something. And that raises all boats. But we have a tax structure that's almost 40% on the top bracket. And you had people running, Clinton, Sanders, who wanted 55 in the case of Clinton, 90 in the case of Sanders on the on the top bracket, and that wouldn't even pay for all the uh, all the things that they wanted to pay for. You know, uh, Cortez, the new communist leader in, in New York, she wants um, a free housing, free uh, call it free. It's it's not. It's just provided for by those who are the most successful and who have mobility, aka they won't stay here and um, pay these egregious taxes, and. What'll happen is, is what was a thirty-two trillion dollar estimate per year to, to pay for all these things? And there, are, when you question them on it, they just say, "We'll find a way." No, you won't. There's not that much money in the world. You could tax all the corporations. You could tax all the rich people you want. At some point, you're going to have to tax the lower end of the spectrum. And not only do you have crappy health care now, nobody has any money. And Karl Marx was right when he said the way to kill a capitalist is taxes, taxes, taxes. Because the more you pay in taxes, the bigger the government you'll get. You know, show me a poor area, I'll show you a big government. And that is what we have to fight. So we're not going to, we can't force these people out of these leftist institutions. But what we can do is on a societal level and at an organizational level, at a grassroots level, what we can do is organize ourselves into groups that fight for lower taxes on, on everything. And that'll start to, as prosperity returns into some of these large, large urban areas, I think it'll start to demonstrate, if the media allows it, it'll start to demonstrate how effective capitalism can be and how ineffective 
and how restraining communism is if they don't kill us first. So that's, and that in turn hopefully would be able to um, turn the tide against those in, in these uh, institutions. But until that, we are going to have to deal with a, 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 an incredibly high debt, a bloated welfare state, and really something that's wholly anti-American. So, uh, the, and the other thing we can do, and, and this goes back, um, speaking of philosophy, to Voltaire, who did say uh, that we have to tend to our garden. He said this through uh, Candide. He said, we must tend to our garden, which basically means we can't change the world alone, but we can change our communities. And the more we help people who are going down that radical left path, the more we can curve them. We don't have to make them right wing or, or even move them across a line. Just move them more towards a moderate position. I'll, I'll let them see the other side for once instead of trying to simply, uh, what's become a phrase now, own the own the libs, own the Republicans, own the, own the other side. That, that gets us nowhere. Just, just curve the radicalness of the left a little bit. And I think we'll start to return more to an America that, that, that we love, that we grew up with. But until that, we're going to have to deal with the crime of the century.